Hey, CF family, thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this message encourages you and blesses your life. Well, before you hear this powerful teaching, I want to encourage you to share this message with someone who needs to hear the gospel. You never know what this message can do to the life of that person. Also, we want you to know that wherever you're watching us from, you can still impact the lives of others through your giving. It is through your generosity that we can keep pushing the kingdom of God forward in our city and all over the world. Giving is safe and simple. You can go to our app or you can go to our website, cfmiami.org give. Well, God bless you and I hope you enjoy this message. Come on, keep it going at all campuses, church families. And listen, you have to love the heart of that song. Make room, right, in our hearts for the things that matters most, which is what? The things of God. Can you give another shout of praise to our wonderful God and Lord and Savior? Let me pray for us this morning. My Lord, we are gathered together today, O oh Lord. Father, your children, who you have redeemed, O oh Lord, you have brought us together to worship you, O oh Lord, to sing praises. And Father, our us, we, your children, are hungry to hear from you. So Father, my prayer is that you would create a spirit of humility in our hearts to receive your word. And Father, may we then trust and walk in obedience, O oh Lord. Bless us now. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Hey, let's give another praise to our Lord. Well, welcome everyone, and it's great to see you today. My name is Omar, and I have the honor and the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And uh, if, 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 you're a, if you're today a, a first-time guest at one of our campuses, whether it's Doral, uh, Coral Gables, West Kendall, Homestead, Redland, or even Palmetto Bay, hey, thank you so much for joining us today. It's truly, it's an honor to have you here to worship our amazing God. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been able to take a few weeks off. Uh, my dad came to visit me, and we had a great time. It's been several years since I saw him. He came to actually to one of our services, and it was real special to be here with him. But Pastor Carlos, Pastor Al, and the campus pastors did a phenomenal job in these last several weeks. Hey, will you give it up for them as well to encourage them? And today is a big day. We're starting a brand new series called Unstuck. Uh, this fall, and it's really a four-week series to learn how to get unstuck spiritually. And so I'm really looking forward to diving into God's Word. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 43 at all of our campuses, and uh, you can follow along with me as I read, okay? Let's do what God's Word says. It says, And they devoted themselves, the early church, to the apostles' teaching. And the what, church? Fellowship. At all campuses, at what? Fellowship. Yeah, the fellowship, the gathering of God's people to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every single soul. In other words, the way that they got unstuck spiritually, listen, is they began to gather together as the people of God, amen? That is God's word. You can go and take a seat, everybody, at all campuses. And folks, let me start off by sharing this with you. You know, one of my earliest memories growing up, I've told you before, growing up in Puerto Rico, was going to the marina with my grandfather. 
And I have met very fond memories of me growing up. In fact, my grandfather was a big boat guy. Uh, you know, in fact, you see that, that houseboat right there? He used to love building houseboats. So whenever a hurricane would come and sink a houseboat, he will start building another one. We had uh, many different houseboats uh, growing up. But follow me here because one of my favorite things to do with my grandfather was always getting on his boat and heading off the coast of Puerto Rico to this island called Palomino. Yeah, Palomino is a beautiful little island off the coast of Puerto Rico. And so, uh, so, so we would take off from this place called Fajardo, which is in the northern east part of the island. And then we would then travel through, the, through that part of the sea right there all the way to the island Palomino. And I got to tell you, I used to love that journey. Because I used to put on my little, um, my life vest, and I would just talk with my grandpa and laugh with him. And sometimes I would just sit back and, and just enjoy the sun, the waves, the breeze. I would just enjoy it. But one day, we decided, you know what, on the way to Palomino, why don't we stop at this little island right in the middle? It, it was almost like a little sandbar that was in the middle. And folks, we got off, and it was so much fun. In fact, I have a picture of me in that little island. Yeah, right there. I was, yeah, I was catching fish. I was doing all these different things. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm a chunky little boy. I get it. But, man, I used to love going out there and having a great time. And it was just, it was a great day. I remember it vividly. Until we got back on the boat to continue our journey. And we quickly realized that we were stuck. In fact, everyone say Stuck. Yeah, that we were stuck. I guess at that time, the tide changed, and just, we just got stuck on that little island. And as a five-year-old boy, five-year-old boy, I, I really do, didn't really fully understand what was going on. I never experienced being stuck before somewhere. And first of all, I felt confused, right? Because I didn't know, what is this thing? Why, why are we stuck? How do, how do we get here? I was confused as to what was going on. I was also sad because, man, my journey with my grandfather was going so well, right? We were having such a blast. Things were going well. And now we're in this situation. He's upset. I'm upset. You know, I didn't understand what was going on. And also, I felt scared because I didn't know if we would be, ever be able to get off of that, right? And, and continue this journey with my earthly grandfather. And so, folks, do not miss this. Because in my five-year-old mind, I began to wonder, will my journey with my grandfather, will it ever get back to the way that it used to be? And church, let me just bring that whole story over to our teaching for today. Because what a picture of what's happened to many of God's children in their journey with their heavenly father. And by that I mean that just like this, that sandbar, right, changed the journey, right, with my earthly grandfather, just like that. And here's the main idea as we open up God's holy word. You know, COVID has gotten a lot of God's children stuck in their journey with their heavenly father. You know, before COVID, you were coming to church all the time. You know, you were in a small group, you were serving, you would go out and you would give an invite card. There was an outreach, you were there, and so things were going great. But folks, COVID took place, 
And COVID was almost like a sandbar, like a sandbar in your journey with your heavenly father. And the truth is that maybe your spiritual life is a shadow of what it used to be. Sure, you still love the Lord. Sure, you, your faith is still in Christ. That hasn't changed. But if you could be honest with yourself, things are not the same. You feel spiritually stuck. You feel like you're in a funk, right? You feel like you can't get out of it. And so, and maybe for you it wasn't COVID. Maybe for us, our spiritual sandbar was maybe uh, a tragedy that took place in your life. Maybe it was a disappointment, a major disappointment in your career. Maybe it was a family issue, something that took place, but nevertheless, what happened is that after that happened, now you feel like you're stuck. Things are not the same, and you're probably wondering, well, pastor, listen, that's me. I hate to admit it, but I just know that these last two years, it hasn't been the same, and I want to get there. So, so, so how can we do that? Well, listen, we are embarking today on a four-week series called Unstuck, and we are going to learn, listen, four different action steps or four different environments, right? And four different environments that if you insert yourself into those environments, God could work in powerful ways and he can help you get unstuck in your spiritual journey. In fact, we're going to learn that today, our first week from Acts chapter 2, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2. And today, folks, I have two thoughts for us on how to get unstuck. Are you all ready today? Yeah? yeah? All right. So write this down as point number one. Here's the first thing we need to know. Listen, you need to get unstuck by gathering with God's people again. Now, listen to what God's Word says about the early church. It says this. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings... And the what? The fellowship, the gathering, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. Now pause right there and let me set up the scene for us. Because the early church has a lot to show us on how to get unstuck spiritually. Mind you, these are people that were stuck in Judaism, right, for, for so many years in all that tradition and all that ritual. And when they heard the gospel of Christ... The fact that the message of salvation, right, that we've all heard that, that God loves us, but our sin separates us from God, and that God in his love sent his one and only son to die in our place, to suffer for us, so that we who would put our faith in the Lord shall not perish but have everlasting life. And we would start a journey with the Lord, amen? And, and so right before this, Peter preached the gospel, and 3,000 people came to know the Lord. 3,000. And folks, here is what's interesting. The first thing that they did was not, after they came to know Christ, after they started their journey, was not to go in their little homes and little cubicle and just spend time with the Lord and, and, and just seek individually. No, quite the opposite. The first thing they did is that once they came to know Christ individually as Savior, they began to gather together as God's people to worship God. Folks, just like we do here every single weekend. You see, 
you need to understand that what we do here on a weekend, it's not something that some church leaders, right, years back got together and said, you know what? This is a, let's do this. Let's meet once a week. Let's have some music. We can bring some guitars out. We can have some music. A, a pastor, someone would say something. Listen, and, and that's the way that we will do church. Listen carefully. This has been going on for over 2,000 years. It may, look, it may look pretty modern, but make no mistake about it. This is something ancient when God's people gather every single week. In fact, it's interesting. And so don't miss this because what we learned early on, early on in church, is that we were saved individually, right, in order to gather together to worship. Let me say that again. We were saved individually in order for God's people then to come together and worship together. In fact, it's interesting that through Scripture, the Lord rarely speaks to us like Individually, vast majority of time, God speaks to his people as a whole. In fact, listen to how 1 Peter puts it. It says, but you, you Christ fellowship, listen, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare, that we may all gather and declare, right, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And folks, I think the concept of having a personal relationship with God is a good concept. It's a good statement. Because what it does is that it debunks the idea that just because you are born into a Christian family, that you are a believer, that you're a Christian. What we see in Scripture is that every single person has to come to a point in their life where they acknowledge their sin, their need for a Savior, puts their faith in Christ, and now, right, they have a new relationship with Christ, right? They are saved. Now they're walking with the Lord. But in the process... I feel like the pendulum has swung way too far the other way. Because what's happened is that since we have overemphasized our personal relationship with God, through the process, we have de-emphasized the importance of God's people to come together and worship. You see, part of our relationship with God as a people of God is that we come together to worship the Lord, amen? And folks, here's why worshiping together, like right now at our campus, this is why it's so important. Write this down as letter A. It's because God commands his people, listen, to gather together to worship. In fact, from the moment that God redeemed Israel back in from Egypt, and he formed a people group for himself right from the start. He didn't tell the Israelite people to go by themselves to go worship. No, no, no. Quite the opposite. Listen to what God told Moses early on. He said, gather the people to me. Gather them to me. That I may let them hear my words. So that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth and that they may teach their children so. 
And folks, they began to meet when Christ came and he instituted the church as we know today. They continued to meet and listen to the warning that God still gives us today. It says this in Hebrews 10. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to what? To meet together. As it is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So notice what God envisioned when God's people gathered together just like right now at all campuses is that yes, we would praise and worship and hear his word and all, but also part of it is that we would encourage each other. Hey, listen, look to that day when Christ returns, amen? We can get really distracted, but when we gather together, we remind, hey, Christ is coming back, amen? And so what a beautiful thought that as we all wait together, we, God's people come together. But folks, here's why God commands it. Here's why it's so important for God to see his people gathering. Write this down, so there be if you're taking notes. It's because God bestows special graces and blessings when his people gather together to worship. Now listen to what it says again. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe, and awe came upon every soul. Now, folks, don't get me wrong here, because in our private devotions, right, in your time when you spend time with the Lord throughout the week, right, and you go seek him, read his word, pray, Listen, listen, they are special aspects of blessings and grace that God bestows on us in those moments, right? God, uh, we, there are very tender moments with our Heavenly Father. We hear from Him in unique ways. And, and, and folks, we have at length encouraged you here at Christ Fellowship. Make sure that, listen, that you are reading God's word throughout the week and that there's a moment where you're connecting to your Lord throughout the week through his word and through prayer, right? In fact, in social media just recently, we put a, a video on how to do that personally throughout the week. But conversely, listen, the other side of that coin is that there's special aspects of his grace and blessings that we can only experience when we gather together as God's people to worship. And you know what, family, I think we know this even just practically from regular life. You know, many of you know that I'm a Heat fan just like many of you are, and you probably know that the Heat went to the playoffs this past uh, year, right? And so my para, who is a faithful volunteer for many, many years here, awesome, great guy, someone, get this, someone gifted him free courtside tickets. Listen, not second row, courtside, right? It's like the, the sweat zone, right? And of course, he invited his favorite pastor. <laughs> right? The pastor comes right there. Yeah, he knows it. I got a smile right there. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, they texted me. I texted my little sad face, a little time. Mike is like, hey, don't worry, Omar. I got you next time. All right, all right, all right. But anyway, so I'm there at home, and you know, you know how it is. You know, I got, I'm watching their TV, but the kids are running around. They're screaming. 
Uh, Ashley's asking me a question. The dog needs to go outside. I got to go to the kitchen, you know. So I'm just watching, kind of like, I'm watching, right? I'm watching, but it's like, it's, it's, I'm at home, right? And there's distractions. But as I'm watching the game, I, I, I was able to see someone that I noticed on, in, 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 on the television. Take a look. Do you, do you see someone there that you recognize right here? Yeah. Look, look at that passion, right? That's the best shot I got, but, but you get the point, right? Now, where did that passion come from? Right? What, what, where, well, because he's surrounded, physically surrounded with other people who are as passionate for the heat as he is. And there's something that happens that could never be experienced at home, right? Like, that, 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 that I was not experiencing. And folks, if that's true of a silly heat game, something so temporal, something that ultimately does not matter, how true is it of the worship of the people of God? See, folks, this is why one of my seminary, seminary professors at Southern, uh, Dr. Don Whitney, who is known for his personal spiritual disciplines, he wrote this. He said, there is an element of worship in Christianity that cannot be experienced in private worship or by watching worship. There are some graces and blessings that God gives only in the meeting together with other believers. And then Richard Foster who wrote arguably the, one of the best, if not the best, book on spiritual disciplines called The Celebration of Discipline, which I encourage you to read it if you have the, the chance. He wrote this. When we are truly gathered together into worship, things occur that can never occur alone. And folks, this is why the first step of our discipleship process as a church is first of all, is connect to God, right? We have four steps. Connect to God, connect to others, connect to, um, to, minister, to ministry, and connect to the mission, right? The first step in our discipleship process, we want you to obviously get, come to know Christ as Savior, but we want you to connect to God on a weekly basis in the context of the worship of God's people. And so if you're brand new to Christ Fellowship, listen, we're glad you're here. We only want you to do four things. The first thing we want you to do is just be consistent in the gathering with God's people to worship God. And folks, here's what happens. When we all gather together, something's happened special that couldn't otherwise. First of all, listen, you are awakened. Your spirit's awakened. You know, let's be honest with, at, throughout the week, we can focus on the wrong things. Things get foggy, issues at work, you got issues at home, uh, you got stressed out, you got a broken pipe, a flat tire, you got a bunch of things going on in your life. And it's easy for us to start focusing and things, and, and spiritually we're, we start dimming a little bit, right? But it's interesting that when the moment you come and you surround yourself with a multitude of people, your spirit's awakened. You know, it's interesting, Martin Luther said this, the great reformer, he said, at home in my house, there's no warmth or vigor in me. But in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart, and it has a way of breaking through. Isn't that right? Not only that, but also, but listen, you're encouraged. You're also encouraged when you gather with God's people. You know, sometimes 
when you gather together with a multitude of people, it's almost like you are joyfully lost in the midst of so many people just like you worshiping our great God. And you're encouraged. You know, whenever I don't teach, I like to travel as much as I can to other campuses just to, just to spend time with people, love on them, and get to know more and more people. And uh, the last time I was able to visit a campus, I was, um, I was visiting, and I was at, by the door greeting, you know, saying hi to people and all. And there was a lady who came up to me, and she, was, she had her son, and she asked her son to, to just go to the, to her, um, to, to inside and to the crowd and to, to find a seat, and she would join her, join him. So anyway, she was, long story short, she was telling me how she just, she's been going through a divorce, and ever since she came to Christ Fellowship, things have changed for her. She feels so encouraged and has helped her so much, and she, she shared some really kind words with me, encouraging words. I encouraged her too, and it was a, a really great moment. And then she said bye, and she went, and I saw her go, and she just kind of disappeared into the crowd. And I thought to myself, you know what, obviously... God's truth is what's encouraging her and helping her through this season of life. But I knew that also just the mere presence, the moment she got lost in the multitude of people, just the mere presence of other believers had a way of encouraging her. Because you know what? She's not alone. There's other people going through divorces. There's other people struggling financially. There's other people with family issues. There's other people with children issues, right? They all, but you know what? They're all gathered together to worship the God who saved them from their sin, amen? And so just even the, the physical presence of people, folks, listen, has a way of encouraging. And lastly, listen, you are filled with joy. Have you noticed that every time you come to church, right, to gather with God's people, when you walk out, you're filled with joy. Now, don't make the mistake of thinking I'm referring to happiness. I'm talking about happiness. Happiness is a temporal uh, a state of the emotions based on circumstances. Oh, things really good happen, I'm happy, I'm giddy. That's not what I'm talking about. Joy is different. Joy is a deep inner peace that you know that brings the security because you know that you have a God with you who loves you and will never leave you or forsake you. That is joy deep in our hearts. And you know what? When you come, the Spirit of God has a way of inserting a certain, certain aspect of joy that we couldn't otherwise. Amen? And folks, we are filled with joy. But folks, listen, there's another reason why God wants us to gather. It's not only for our personal, it's not only good for our soul, all right, which it is, but also write this down as letter C. When we gather together, it's a vivid visual of heaven. See, every time we gather together, it's a foreshadowing of what heaven's going to look, look like. In fact, listen to what it says in Revelation chapter 7. It says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And you know what? Listen carefully. What happens here at Christ Fellowship at all our campuses is a foreshadowing of that. 
We have over 63 different nationalities, different from different nations, tribes, different color tones, we, but all gathering together. And you know what we do every single weekend? Listen, we say together, salvation belongs to the God on the throne and to the Lamb who is Jesus Christ. Everyone, come on, give a shout of praise to God for that. Because that's exactly what happens. It's, you know what this is right now? It's a vivid visual for this lost world that what's happening for all eternity. People from every tribe, nation, and tongue worshiping God. Amen? And so in, all of, in, in light of all this, how should we respond? Well, write this down as big number two. Listen, we need to prioritize worshiping together again. Here's the truth. Some of us have stopped prioritizing the worship of God after COVID. You know, many have not left the church or anything like that, but you have fallen out of a rhythm, the rhythm that you were used to before. You know, for those of us who maybe used to come to church every single weekend, then we got to a point where we would come every other week. For those of us who used to come every other week, now we come barely once a month. For those of us who came barely once a month, now, we, you know, we come when all the, the stars align and things are perfect and there's nothing else to do but to go worship God with God's people. And what happens is many of us are just staying home in those days and watching it online. And folks, don't get me wrong. I want, to, I want you to hear my heart. Online is a wonderful gift of God. Wonderful. You know, I really believe that all of all techno technological advance that God has allowed humanity to, uh, to, to develop is first and foremost for the benefit of his people. And so online is a beautiful gift given to us by God to, to, to be able to use. And you know, when, 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 when we're physically unable to come or we're unable, it's a great way to still to be able to tune in if we're traveling. You know, during COVID, Man, what a blessing it was that those months that we couldn't meet, we were able to at least receive and somewhat gather together temporarily in that format. And for those of us right now that can't, just cannot be here physically, maybe right now uh, it's someone elderly that really physically cannot leave their home or a situation, man, what a wonderful blessing it is that they can still receive the Word of God. But folks, online is not meant to replace the physical gathering of God's people. It's not meant to replace it. In fact, listen again to the warning that God gives us. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Folks, here's what I want to call your attention to, is that there is a significant portion of our church family, we are a family with the body of Christ, that unfortunately have, are neglecting to meet together, to worship together on a weekly basis with God's people if God would want to, want us to. In fact, let me just give you some, some, some numbers so you can see clearly what I'm referring to. You know, as you can see behind me, pre-COVID, uh, we were a little over 7,000 people attending here at Christ Fellowship and about 7,000 people online. By the grace of God, about 14,000 people were connecting to us and, were, and you know, listening to God's Word. And after COVID, this is just August of 2022, right? And I got the last two weeks of August, right? 
The average right now is 4,500, a little bit over that. And watch, about 15,000 people watching us online. That's the average for the last two weeks of August. For a total of 19,933. And so as you see, you know, we're trending up. Things are, are going well. But here's what I want to call your attention to. It's because they are at least a minimum of 3,000 people who have gotten out of the habit of worshiping God consistently with God's, gathering with God's people to worship God. At least 3,000, you can see the numbers behind me, it's probably even more than that. And folks, here's why I'm addressing this. If 3,000, if at least 3,000 men in this congregation were not loving their wives the way they're supposed to, you would want me to address it. If over 3,000 of us were struggling with unforgiveness, you would expect me to teach on it. If over 3,000 of us, right, were struggling with gossip, you would, as your pastor, you would want me to address it, to talk about it. And folks, when there's a minimum of 3,000 people, probably a lot more, that have fallen out of the habit of coming to worship God, listen, we should address it. Amen? Now, hear me out here, because I want to make something very clear. This is that about total attendance, because you, as you saw, listen, by the grace of God, we're, after two years, we're growing. You know, we're reaching more people, and that's a tremendous blessing of God that we're able to still reach people even in the midst of COVID. And you may be thinking, well, it's probably because, you know, giving is down. Listen, giving's not down. In fact, we, by the grace of God, listen, you, God has moved in your heart to be obedient and faithful and give to the work of the ministry. And by the grace of God, our giving has been very stable throughout this whole, this whole time. So this is not a giving issue. But folks, as your pastor and the campus pastors of this church, listen carefully. We know that when you are not gathering with God's people to worship it begins to take a toll in your spiritual life. And folks, not only in your personal spiritual life, but in the spiritual life of your family. And so many people wonder, why are things not the same? Why don't I feel, you know, why, why are we struggling? Why are we lost our focus? Well, listen, you're not even doing one of the basic things that God wants his people to do to gather together. And so listen, you reap what you sow, right? We reap what we sow. If we, don't put, if, we don't, if we don't prioritize the worship of God, then listen, the gathering of, God, of God's people, then of course it's going to start taking a toll on your spiritual life. How can it not? Now how do we get here? Well, listen, several reasons. First of all, COVID, right? I think COVID threw a wrench in everything and we got a lot of habits that we were used to, so COVID. But then the other two reasons, I think, is Amazon and Netflix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, things, COVID moved things a lot more, uh, uh, you know, for us to rely more on technology. Uh, now it's more catered to us, individual, whatever we want, whatever's best for us. And so, listen, when you want to buy something, rarely do any, does anybody go to the store anymore, right? What do you do? Let's be honest. You take out your phone and one click. Prime next day, you got out of home, no problem, right? 
and Netflix. When you want to watch a movie, you open Netflix, uh, Hulu, Disney Plus, whatever, Amazon Video, whatever it is, and you watch a movie at home. Now, I know some of us want to see Top Gun, but for the most part after that, not that many people are going to movies anymore. Why? Because we're so used to, right? Everything's about us, individual, personal, catered to yourself. And folks, even though that has its place in society, and that's good, you know, we're moving forward technologically, that's fine. Unfortunately, this type of mentality has also infiltrated the God's people and the worship of God. And so a lot of people have decided to disengage, go whenever it's convenient, go whenever it's, it's you know, it, it fits their schedule, and they have stopped prioritizing the gathering of God's redeemed people to worship our risen Savior. We've gotten out of that habit. So you're probably wondering, well, Omar, listen, that's me. And I, I, I need to get back into the, the things, the, the, the flow of things. So what can I do? Well, write this down, three, three quick steps. First of all, you, there has to be a commitment in your heart. In fact, listen to, listen to what it says in Acts chapter 2. It says, and they... What? What's the next word? What is it? Yeah. And they devoted, devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. In other words, they, was, they were committed. They were devoted. And notice, to the preaching of God's word, to the gathering, right, to the breaking of bread, which is Lord's Supper, and even the prayers, what we do here in a week in service, right? They were devoted. They were committed. And so my encouragement to you is that there has to be a moment in your heart where you say, I am committed to worshiping God on the weekends. I am committed to gathering with God's other redeemed and worshiping the God who saved me and loves me. See, so you've got to have it in your heart. You've got to settle it in your heart. It should not be something that when the weekend comes, oh, well, you know, it's time to go. You know, is the schedule? Okay, we should go. No, no, no. It's something that you should settle in in your heart. Then the time, there's an hour and 15 minutes in the whole week, and that week, that hour is reserved for the worship of God. So not only has to be consistency, but also write, the, I'm sorry, commitment, but also write this down, letter B. There has to be consistency. In fact, notice carefully what it says. It says, day by day, attending the temple together, together. You see, the reason they were able to get, listen carefully, unstuck, right, from that, from that old Judaistic ways is because they began to consistently gather together to worship. Not once a year, not four times a year. No, no, they consistently gathered together to worship God. And folks, the reason that consistency is so key is because the state of your overall spiritual health, listen carefully, is the summation of your consistent weekly actions. Listen, you know, physically, we all know this whole idea. You cannot eat bad all year, and then one day you grab a stick of broccoli, and you're like, now I'm healthy. Folks, right, we laugh, but you know what? If that's true of regular health, it's true spiritually. You can't expect to be in a good spiritual state if there's no consistency, not even to gather with God's people to worship. And so commitment, consistency, and lastly, write this down, letter C, there has to be courage, courage. And folks, here's what I mean by that. 
there are going to be a lot moments that you're going to have to have the courage against the things that are competing against the worship of God. The beach, a perfect day, a party, uh, uh, chores, things to do around the house, something that's going on. Listen, those things are fine. Those things are fine. But you have to have the courage to prioritize God's worship around those things that we all have to do. This is why we have service on Saturday night all the way to late Sunday so that you have a, a whatever time fits you best, you can prioritize and you know, you know what? I worshiped the Lord who saved me this week. You know, one of the things that, that I've, you know, before this a while back, I was a campus pastor. And one of the things that I saw that really made an impact on me is that there were many families that would come very haphazardly to church because their child had either a sporting event, uh, a league that they joined, or like an extracurricular activity or something like that. And, you know, I was, I was always kind of confused by that. And, and, and the other day I was on Twitter and I saw a sign that uh, Church of North put on, you know, outside that I thought was so important. Take a look at this sign. Isn't that right? And so listen carefully. Hey, I'm going to speak to families for a moment, parents for a moment. Listen, your primary responsibility as a parent is to raise your children in the ways of the Lord. That is the main primary responsibility that when God gifted to your child, he said, raise them in my ways. Raise them in the ways of the Lord. And Bring them to places where their hearts will be transformed. Listen, their hearts are not going to be transformed on first base. They're going to be transformed among God's people, learning more about God's love for them and God's will for their life. So that when they grow up, listen carefully, so when they grow up and they are facing the challenges that you face, when they get let go from a job, when they, when they lose someone in their life, when there is a, a tragedy that strikes, is that they are grounded, that they are grounded in God's word because chances are you won't be there anymore. You will be with the Lord, but they will be by themselves. But you know what? They will be grounded in the truth of God to endure all the things that life is going to throw at them. And listen, listen, there's a time for sports. As I played sports growing up, I played baseball. My mom always took me to go play Little League Baseball. But listen, there's a time for baseball, and there's a time for the Lord. And I was just so glad that a single, my mom, who was a single mom for a while, listen, that my mom, listen, she took me to a game. She did everything I wanted. I didn't miss out on anything when I was a child. But when the weekend came, she knew her priorities, and it was time to worship God. And she would bring me to church every single weekend. And you know what? Part of the reason that I am the man that I am today is because my faithful little mom, every single weekend, she brought me to the place where I could learn more about God and His love for me. And so listen, I want to encourage you, parents, you have a big responsibility. We are here to help you in your walk with the Lord and in your parenting, in your raising 
your children in the ways of the Lord. We love you, and we're here for you. And so here's how I want to end, a little different than normal, all right? In a few moments, by the end of this uh, a, a portion of the, uh, we're all going to be standing up by the end of this. So, so don't worry. If you're watching online, I want you to follow along with me because we're all going to be we're standing at the end, all right? And then after that, we're going to worship together to conclude. So first of all, I want to ask the men, fathers and grandfathers, all the men to stand up right now at all campuses, online, right now. You can stand up right now. Wherever you're at, stand up right now, all the men. Let me speak to the men for a moment. Listen, men, you are the leader of your home. You are the leader of your home. God has placed on you the spiritual responsibility of your home. Being a spiritual leader does not mean that you need to know more scripture than anybody else. It doesn't mean that you need to be some sort of spiritual giant. What it means is that you, as a leader of the home, you set the pace spiritually. When everything has, is fighting for the time of your family, you are the leader. You are the man of God that says, you know what? We have a lot of things going on, but we are going to prioritize the worship of our risen Savior. I will bring my family. I may not be the most spiritually mature, but I am a leader, and I will bring my family to worship God. If you, are, uh, if you are a young adult and you're not married yet, listen, you need to start becoming the man that God is calling you to be so that when you have a family, you can lead them well. Be the man of God that God is calling you to be. Amen? I'm going to ask all, stay standing, I'm going to ask all the ladies, all the mothers, all the grandmothers who stand up at all campuses. Let me speak to you for a moment. Ladies, I know there's something in your heart that you want to nourish your children. You want to nourish your grandbabies, right? But let me remind you, just as important as physical nourishment, your children need spiritual nourishment. And God has given you a big responsibility. And so throughout the week and even the weekend, set the example of nursing your child by bringing them to the feet of the Lord for them to learn more about Him. Take that priority, that, take that responsibility seriously. Listen, if you're a single mom, listen, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for single moms. Like I said, I was raised uh, for a good portion of my life by a single mom. Listen, single mom, what your son or daughter, what your little boy or little girl need more than an earthly father figure is a heavenly father. Bring your children to church. We love you. We're here for you. We want to help you and partner with you to help you raise your children in the ways of the Lord. You are not alone. We're here for you. Amen. And if you're a young adult, a child, a student that you have not stood up, stand up for me for a moment with me right now. The rest of us. Listen carefully. I know there's a lot of distractions in this world. You open your phone, there's TikTok. Your social media. You got parties going on. You got friends going on. Listen, those things may seem important. They're temporal. I've been through that. We've all been through that. Listen, those things are temporal. The things that you think are so important now are not important. They're going to vanish like that. You're going to go old. You're going to become a, an adult. You're going to become a family. And listen, my encouragement to you is from early on, 
Start developing the habits. Focus on what matters most. That party, that social media, that pop does not matter in light of eternity. What matters is your spiritual walk. I want to challenge you, young adult, to take the things of the Lord serious and start creating the healthy habits now. Amen? To be the, 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 the person that God is calling you to be. And so here's what I'm going to do. We're going to worship in a few moments. So if you're with your family, if you're by yourself, you don't have to do this. But if you're with your spouse, your children, hold hands with them. I want you to hold hands with them right now. If, if you're with your family. And I want to lead us through a prayer. And then after that, we're going to sing. But I want to, I want to lead us through a prayer of commitment. But I want to challenge us, all right? Listen, for the next six weeks, man, I want to challenge our church family to be consistent in the worship of God. Come gather. And I'm telling you. Start creating the habits again that you need. A, a six-week challenge. I'm going to give you a six-week challenge for you to start gathering with God's people again. So I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer at all campuses, and then we'll worship, all right? Father, we are so grateful, Lord, that even when we are stuck spiritually, Lord, you have grace on us, and you gather us to start worshiping with you along other people just like us. And so, Father, my prayers right now, is that we would make room for the things that matter most, which is you, oh Lord. Let us forsake the good for the sake of the best. And Father, I pray that as we all begin to gather again as God's redeemed, as God's people, may you begin to do something in our hearts that you've never done before, and may we be the church, Lord, that you envision us to be. And so, Father, we're committing ourselves, oh Lord, to prioritizing the worship of you, oh Lord. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's people say, amen. Let's worship together, family.